Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 33 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, if it's been more than five years since you've looked for a new job, a lot has changed. And in this episode of Reinventure Me, we're going to talk to Richard Yaden about the new search strategies you need to know. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is your host, well, this is your co-host, Larry Gates. <laughs> and this is Armin Asadi. And that's because I'm here with Armin Asadi. That's right. Hello, Armin. How are you, Larry? I am well. I'm looking forward to diving into this topic today. I am too. I'm actually very interested with uh, who we got and what he's got to share. Yeah, we've got a, we got a little bit of a surprise, but... Um, a lot of things have been going on, huh? Yeah. How well before we do, how, how was your Labor Day weekend? It was a big weekend for people. Uh it was uh it was good. Yeah. I actually labored. Did you? <laughs> yeah, and I relaxed. Right. So I felt like I got some things done and more importantly, I stayed away from the Minnesota State Fair. Uh where they have everything on a stick. Did yeah. you go there? I, I haven't gone for years. Okay. They have any food you can imagine on a stick at the Minnesota State Fair and I don't go for that reason, because yeah. <laughs> I would I would have to be put on a stick <laughs> after I'm done. So, not a place for me. It was a beautiful weekend, I think, for the state fairgoers, but we were not among them. Nope, nope. We had other things to do. Very intentional. I was uh, with my wife's family. They're all bear hunters, and it's bear hunting season. So. Oh, I thought you said beer. <laughs> no, bear, bear. So, there was a whole lot of bear say, yeah. baiting going on. Looking for beer. Okay. Yeah, so I was, people were literally walking into the woods, setting up food and all this stuff to attract the bears. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Should I ask why they were doing this? So they could kill them. Oh, no. Oh, really? Yeah. So the hunting season starts this Wednesday. So wow. My grandpa brings in like 70 hunters. He's nationally renowned. He's, he's literally loaded for bear. Yeah, he literally. Oh my goodness. He, he'll, he's got a 100% harvest rate, so he'll <sighs> kill all 70 bears. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's an incredible guy. Well, we probably get to should get to today's show. We should do that. <laughs> well, this is the podcast where we learn about... What's next in life. What's next in life. And we always like to ask that question, what do I want to be when I grow up? That's right. You know, we believe that we should always be asking that question because God has put something inside of you that always needs to be rebirthed. And if we stay stuck just thinking that what I am is what I will be, then we're going to miss out on God's opportunities for our lives. So this show is really to challenge our thinking, to inspire us to think new and fresh, and, and to give some practical strategies about how we can embrace a new beginning. And we have got some loaded practical strategies in this episode. Thanks to Richard today. Yeah, we have a special guest that you're going to hear from here in just a minute. Uh, you will want to go capture the show notes at reinventure.me slash 33. That's how you get there quickly. The topic today is really about job search strategies. And our contention is, and uh, Richard uh, Yaden, who you'll hear from in just a minute, tells me that a lot has changed in the last five years. Yeah. It really affects how we do our job search, and he's going to talk about that. But, you know, a lot of things have happened in five years. 
it was not even five years ago uh, before Apple introduced the iPad. That's right. You know, and I feel like uh, there are how many millions of those that are out on the market? Yep. And, and they change the way people even look for jobs. Uh, they certainly change the way I look for anything. It's yeah. usually first on my iPad. Yeah, and I don't think people even started making websites to be as mobile-friendly until tablets came out. And well, you're, you're absolutely right about that. You that. create your web presence. I mean, yeah, a lot has changed. Yeah, and way back, two episodes ago, you know, when we, <laughs> <laughs> we interviewed Vivica Von Rosen from LinkedIn, you know, there are now 313 million LinkedIn users. Wow. Five years ago, there were 31 million LinkedIn users. That's a tenfold increase in five that. years. Now... We talked about the power of LinkedIn and the power of networking to find your next new beginning. Just imagine a tenfold increase in your networking power over the last five years. Well, that's, that's phenomenal, right? Yeah. And I, I did a little bit of research to try to stay one little microsecond ahead of Richard because he's going to have a lot more to say about this <laughs> than I did. But I, I learned something about an ATS. Do you know what an ATS is? No, what's an ATS? I know Richard knows what an ATS is, and I'm sure he's going to talk about it. It's an applicant tracking system. Never heard of it. Okay, well, this is new software that is in use by 90% of major corporations to track resumes as they come in. Hmm, interesting. In, in fact, it's something like, uh, I don't know, 80% of rev resumes are never seen by a human. Wow. So now, this is in the last five years, you got this applicant tracking systems that big corporations are using to take in resumes hmm. because they're coming in by the hundreds of thousands. Right. Now, on the other side of it, you have companies that are emerging some in the last couple of years to counterbalance that wow you know what seo optimization is yes. right yeah yep. so you're optimizing your website so that it can be seen on a google search engine mm -hmm. well there are now resume optimization software that as a employee you can go to optimize your keywords to get put out on the network so that these applicant tracking systems can find you wow so it's like seo for your resume like now, if you haven't been looking for a job in the last five years, this is what you're into. And I am so thrilled to have Richard Yaden here on this episode to sort it all out. Richard, say hello. Hello. Good to be here. Well, I am so glad you're here. And boy, have we got a lot of questions for you because <laughs> this is a whole different world, isn't it? It really is. Uh, it's uh, people that I talk with. You know, I talk with people every day that are looking for uh, some a job, making a career transition. They all tell me. Well, I've never, it's not like it used to be. No, hey, the future ain't what it used to be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's not like the past either. Well, let me set Richard up here for a second. Richard's the president and CEO of MMS Group. I think you can probably tell everybody what MMS stands for. Well, it used to stand for something else, but today it's just a name. <laughs> you know, that's always the problem. I, I do a lot of branding work, and anytime you look at an initial and a name, people want to know, well, what does it stand for? So it's just simply MMS <laughs> Group. So Richard Yaden's the president and CEO of the MMS Group, and uh, they you founded that, what, back in 2006? Yes. So, uh, so that's just a little over five years ago. A lot has changed even then, right? Oh, it sure has. But he specializes in talent acquisition for the healthcare industry. Now, he himself has been through quite a bit of transition. I look, you know, just talking to you and knowing about your experiences, but then looking at your your resume, got it reads like a who's who of uh, big companies: Prudential, Willis, MetLife, AIM Healthcare. You've had over. This is the thing I found a little impressive and really kind of intimidating, Richard, to be honest. 25 years of experience with Medicaid, Medicare, and commercial health plans. Yes. You, you have neurons that I cannot even <laughs> imagine exist because I couldn't yep. possibly do that. But what I was really impressed with, sir, is your three-time award-winning naval officer. 
<laughs> I never thought of it as award-winning, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you'd say in the commercial world, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just thank you for your service to the country, and you have made a a, a number of career transitions yourself, and now you mm-hmm. advise people on doing that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, welcome to the show. You make your home in Nashville. That's right. Right. That's right. Got hey. a guitar right here in my office. <laughs> and you're a guitar. <laughs> you're a blues player. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, we're not going to ask you to play a riff for me. <laughs> but we will do this. We, li- we always like to pick an inspire me quote, something that's uh, been inspiring. And w- what quote from someone has have you come back to uh, time and time again because it's, it's inspired you in some way? Sure. Um, I keep coming back to this quote because I think anybody that owns a small business or anybody that's going through a lot of a, a transition – you know, there are so many different directions that you can take. You can get yourself tied up into so many different things, and it can really cause you to move your focus off the main thing. So the quote that I want to share with you is this. It's, I have all eternity to do all the things I want to do, but only just a few years to help others get there with me. Mm. And that's a quote from Dick Wells. Uh, he said that when he was a uh, our executive pastor, he now runs a company called Hard Lessons. Uh, he had previously been a CEO of several corporations, so he now advises corporations on leadership and so forth. But whenever I get distracted off focus, I think, you know, this is going right or that's going wrong or whatever it might be, that really helps center me about what's really important. Yeah, amen. Is that kind of why you got into the uh, career that you're in now, where you're constantly helping people get where they want to get? Mm. Good question. Um, I, I don't know if it was this particular career that I got into for that reason, but I wanted to get into something where I was serving people, uh, where I could kind of lead them out of chaos into yeah. order in yeah. many ways. That makes sense. I, I, I think I need someone like you in my life, but <laughs> I might call you too often. <laughs> you find you find that there are people in chaos, Richard? I do. Uh, <laughs> you work with one, Larry. <laughs> I are one. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's kick things off here because, you know, off the air when we were talking about this episode, you told me that the Mm. recession of 2009 really changed the landscape for how recruiting is done and how a search is done. What's different? What what are companies doing differently now that as, you know, if we're looking for a new job that we need to know about? Right. Well, I think companies, they're always evolving. They're always using technology to recruit and, and adapt. I mean, right now, a big thing in recruiting is how to leverage social media as a recruiting tool. Uh, We see a lot of that. But I think what's really affected people more than anything is not so much how companies are recruiting, but how companies are making decisions about who they're going to hire. And it's different than what it has been in the past. Companies are hiring more people today than they have over the last five years, but they're much more selective than they ever have been. I think during the recession, uh, companies learned that they could get by with a lot fewer people than they ever thought they could. Mm -hmm. So when they bring somebody on board today, they want to make sure that that person is a sure bet, that they're going to get almost an immediate return on the investment of bringing that person on board. Uh, So when a person's going in for interviews today, uh, if they've been invited to an interview, competency for the job is almost assumed. They almost you know, that's not really going to be the question. The question is then going to become about how are you going to bring value to this organization? How are you going to impact us in the shortest amount of time? And they look to your past to see where you've done that before. 
So candidates have to be uh, very, very clear and very, uh, very succinctly be able to demonstrate how they add value, how their achievements are very relevant to the position that they're looking for. And I think that's why a lot of people tell me they send a resume in. They think they're qualified for the job, but they never get a call back. Mm. Oftentimes, because what you just said, nobody ever sees that resume. If it's not optimized to be relevant to the job that they're applying to, then it's probably going to get missed. So well, yeah, selecting sounds- candidates is, is uh, as I've seen, has been the biggest change in the industry. It sounds like businesses are taking much more of an ROI approach to candidate recruiting. What, what, what is the return on investment if I hire this this person in, how soon will they be able to make contributions? Right. And, and it's, a, it's a real paradigm shift for a lot of candidates that are in the, the job search mode right now. I always, always tell candidates, you have to remember, companies exist for one reason, and that's to make a profit, not to provide jobs. Hmm. So you have got to position yourself in a way that helps them see how you're going to contribute to that, how you're going to create a return on investment and add value almost immediately. They're not interested in taking people who have good skills in one industry and transferring them to another. Uh, That's a broad generality, but I mean, it it holds true in a lot of cases. They want people who look exactly like the job description to come on board. They don't want to spend time developing somebody if they can find somebody with the skills they already need to have developed, right? That have proven themselves in the market. Six or seven years ago, it was almost assumed that you would move from one company to another every two or three years to gain experience, to gain more responsibility. Well, now companies don't want to see that. They want to see people who have greater longevity at companies that have advanced in greater levels of responsibility at the same company because they don't want to invest any time in people that are going to get up and move in another couple of years. Since the companies have changed strategies and they've created this paradigm shift that you're talking about, what kind of strategies would you suggest for the uh, applicant to apply as they're going after new jobs? Um, well, you know that could be a whole hour in and of itself, and, and oftentimes it is when I'm forty-seven I'm seconds. People. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I think where a lot of people don't have a strategy is is getting back to understanding the value that they're going to bring to an employer and being very, very clear about that, and then being able to demonstrate and articulate in a quantifiable way what that value is. I'll ask candidates sometimes, you know, what, what do you bring to the table in so many words? And believe it or not, they'll tell me that they're trustworthy, that they're loyal, that they're hardworking. And I often ask them, well, is there anybody else going on in the interview that's not going to tell them that they're <laughs> yeah, trustworthy, right, right, loyal, right. and hardworking? So what do you bring to the table? And I think a strategy that job seekers have to employ today is they they have to step back from the job search process, at least at the beginning, and really think about that, the answer to that question. Really think about what do they bring to the table, because that's what's going to turn the head of the employer. That's what's going to get them in the door. Well, it sounds like with all this screening that uh, employers are going through in terms of being able to look at candidates who are a perfect fit for optimizing their return on their investment sounds like there's a lot more responsibility now on the candidate to do the research about the company to be able to put that in perspective. You can't go in blind thinking that the company is going to figure it out 
for themselves. You got to take an active role in in proposing what your value might be. I think that's what I hear you saying. Is that right? Yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> you probably said it better than I I could. And that's really, uh, I think that's really the case. They have to take an active role in that. You cannot think that someone is going to be able to interpret from your resume all the great stuff that you bring to the table. Uh, oftentimes, what, what's happened during the recession is that human resource departments have been inundated with resumes, because so many people were out of work, with resumes of people who were completely unqualified for most of the jobs that they were applying for. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they just didn't have the bandwidth to, to, to manage a lot of this. So a lot of it got backlogged. They got, you know, in some ways jaded that they just can't spend the time dealing with people who had no business applying to, to the job that they were applying for. So what, what has happened is that that got pushed down. The process of screening those resumes got pushed down to the lowest person on the totem pole in the HR department, who was many times often uh, removed from the actual job that they were screening for. So, and this persists today. If you don't have all the good stuff, the stuff that's relevant to the position that you're applying for in the top third of your resume, there's a good chance if it's not seen, that resume is not going to get seen again. Yeah, I read, so, I read some pretty shocking statistics here. Uh, the first resume is typically received within 200 seconds after a position is posted. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like lightning fast. <laughs> you have to be on top of it, right? Right. And well, then, it's a search engines. Yeah. The, the job alerts that people have set up. Yeah. And there's 427,000 resumes posted on Monster alone each and every week. 400, you know, so if you're going to Monster, I mean, you've got, you got a big mountain to get through. That's right. 72% of resumes are not even read by humans. I think we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And the average recruiter, now you tell me how this works for you. The average recruiter spends a mere six seconds reviewing a resume. Uh, I probably spent a little bit longer, but I would imagine corporate recruiters just don't have the time. So and that's what probably... you're saying. Get that stuff right at the very top. Show the value. Yeah. Right? yeah. We call it a sniff test. Yeah. Wow. Six seconds. Yeah. So, so if you don't have that good stuff at the top, that resume will go into a pile or it'll go into a database very unlikely to be seen ever again. Now, you do a lot of coaching of candidates looking for jobs and executives in the in the healthcare area and all the rest, what are some of the common mistakes that you see that, that you, you, you just say, I, I see this all the time and, and it would help if you just didn't do this. All right. Well, the first thing is not having any kind of job search strategy at all. I mean, you have to approach it like, uh, like a, like you're a project manager. You have to approach it in some ways, like you're, it's a marketing campaign, but the biggest mistake is people think job searching is, getting a cup of coffee. I'm going to have some of my nice music playing in the background. I'm going to sit down on Monster Career Builder, find some jobs and apply to them. And that is probably the most ineffective way to find a job in today's job market. So not having a strategy at all. Second thing that I see that a lot of people uh, are just doing wrong is they're not targeting specific companies that they want to work in. And they're not targeting specific individuals at those companies. Uh, They're just, again, trying to rely on some type of general email box to get their information into or something along those lines. And the third thing, which becomes uh, right in line with your your comment about LinkedIn earlier, is people are not managing their online brand and their online presence in a job search. And that has become 
even more powerful as time has gone on. So I mean, three things right there. I mean, there's a lot of other things that I coach and counsel people on through the process, but I mean, those three things are the biggest things I see people really struggling with and being challenged by. So Richard, it sounds like if somebody has been out of the higher air looking for a new job for several years, it sounds like if they were to get into it now, they're probably going to spend more time trying to learn this new process then they will be actually interviewing for a job. Does that sound about right? It can be. It's, uh, uh, or they'll spend a whole lot of time unemployed because they don't have an effective strategy. Uh, I bet their wives would like them to get on with it, right? If they're, if they're <laughs> a guy right. and they're spending a lot of time at home. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's that's get right. the strategy right. going, right? Well, Just to give you an example, when, when, when I'm working with a person um, and, and, and they just need help finding a job, it may not be... You know, as a recruiter, I have companies that hire me that find people for specific positions, but probably only 5% of the people that approach me or I talk with, I'll actually place in a position. The rest of the people need help moving their job search forward, and I'll spend time with them just putting that strategy together. I'll spend time with them coaching them through an interview process and getting them prepared for interviews or things of that. You have to have a strategy for each individual interview as well. So as, as people are, as I find, people are trying to search for a job, the frustration level comes in really quick unless they don't have a plan to follow to do that. And the plan today is very different, as I've said earlier, very different than what it was just a few years ago. So having that strategy, putting that plan together, I mean, I do spend a lot of time with company or, or people helping them get that, get that done. It really shortens and compresses the job search time frame. But it also requires people to do a lot of things some of them have never done before, like networking right. with people, yeah. uh, calling people that they don't know on the mm-hmm. telephone and asking questions or asking for help. When I'm working with somebody that is out of work, I tell them, you, if you're not spending a minimum of 40 hours a week working on your job search, you're not spending enough time doing it. Mm. Wow. And the next question is, well, how the heck do I fill up 40 hours a week? I mean, I, I don't know if you can get it done in 40 hours a week, wow. all the stuff that you need to do. Yeah, uh, so searching do. for a job is your job. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. You know what's crazy is hearing you say that is, um, and sorry, I always bring out the generational thing, but my generation, we're kind of job Which hoppers. is several, several decades back. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple. Okay. <laughs> well, my, my generation is kind of become the job hopping generation where, I mean, as an employer, we look at our, you know, my generation and we think, uh, I don't know how long you're going to actually stick it out with me. I don't know if I want to take that risk, but it sounds like the, the generation before us, they are so committed to their jobs for such long periods of time. You know, it's a minimum of five years, typically 10, 15, 20 years. So I can imagine someone, um, in the generation before the millennials coming into this field I would just find so much of value in someone like you to guide me through the process because I, I just feel like I would be lost if I've just been at the same job for 10, 15 years and then coming in to what the industry is now. Yeah, that brings no up question. an interesting question, Richard. What what differences do you see coaching millennials versus um, old-timers? <laughs> boomers. <laughs> boomers. Old boomers. <laughs> boomers, yes. Uh, I've actually done consulting on this this very issue. You know, This is the the first time in the history of our country where we have four generations working together mm. in, in the workforce. Mm. And uh, that's a whole, that could be a whole other 
uh, podcast for you, Larry, yeah. on how that the dynamics of that. But it's it's really interesting because job searching in many ways requires skills of personal interaction and relationship building, and it requires skills dealing with technology and things of things of that nature. And what you find, I'm just going to use two generations here, and I'm going to use, please forgive me, people that are boomers. Please forgive me, people that are millennials. I have to make a generality here about each generation. But boomers are great on relationship building. They know how to uh, work with people. They know how to work on teams. They like doing it. Uh, but they're not always as savvy on the technology side. Again, big generality. Okay. Millennials, it's just exactly the opposite. Millennials don't have as great relationship building skills as boomers do, and they are very strong on the technology side. So what you have are boomers who, t- who typically will be really weak on the social media piece or the inter- using the technology in unique and innovative ways to find a job, whereas the millennials will rely way too much on that, and they'll skip a lot of the relationship pieces that they need to do. You have to bring those two together, regardless of whatever generation you're in, to be really effective in a job search. Either that or be 42.6 years old. <laughs> <laughs> right, right in the middle of it. Perfect blend. You were very politically correct in that generality of millennials. I am a millennial, and I, and I make that. I don't, I don't even call it the generality. I just say that is the reality of millennials. We <laughs> suck at that side of things, of actually reaching out, touching a human being, and saying, hey, my name is so-and-so, and actually building a relationship. We are terrible at it. You mean this employer doesn't take text messaging? <laughs> <laughs> I want to apply by text. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's terrible. <laughs> it's done. Believe me. Thank you oh. notes sent by text. I mean, it's, oh, it's I done. Could, yeah, I could show you a few text messages we got last week. Are you still hiring? <laughs> Not you. Not you. <laughs> well, I know we could go on all day talking yeah. about strategies, and I'm sure our listeners would really benefit from your uh, counsel and wisdom. Richard, I know you have a special report that you're going to make available to our listeners. Talk about yes. that. Yes. Um, I have a report. It's called Kiss Your Comfort Zone Goodbye. Perfect. Uh, and it's uh, you know one of the things that I, see, <laughs> that I see that really staggers people's career growth or, or job search. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be looking for a job to to be stagnant in your career mm-hmm. is that they get comfortable and right. they get, they kind of get in a rut. I once read a, read a quote, pick your ruts carefully because you'll be stuck in them for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, they get, they get stuck. And oftentimes if, if you're in a job and I just really want to talk about people right now that are, that are in a job, if you're in a job and you feel like it's dead end, you feel like it's not going anywhere before you jump out and go looking for a job, I think you really need to look inward first. Mm. And it may be that you have just peaked, you've gotten comfortable. You, everybody, you know where the men's room is. You know where to get coffee. You do the same thing every day. You kind of know what your next challenge is going to be. You know, you're in a rut. You're, not, uh, you're in your comfort zone. Right. This is a report that gives you about five really quick and easy exercises to kind of analyze that and then do some things to see if you can't push yourself out of that rut, out of that comfort zone. They might solve your problems with your career right now. Yeah, oh, that's great. And, you know, Armin and I are all about action, looking inside and taking action and experimenting. And I know that's going to be a, a helpful resource for our listeners. We're going to make that report available, or at least the link to that report available through our show notes, reinventure.me slash 33. But Richard, how do people find you uh, and, and get in touch with you if they want to learn more? I know you do coaching. 
and advisory work not only to companies and their recruiting practice, but also to individuals as well. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Uh, Best place to go is to our our corporate website, which is mmsgrouponline.com. That's the best way to find you get all our resources there. We have a complete page for career resources. Most of it's free stuff that you can use uh, to, to advance your career or help in your job search, your company looking at finding people. Uh, in a more effective way. You can get information about that there as well. All right, Richard, you've given us a lot of great content, but we always like to leave uh, our audience members with something that will challenge them and give them an action to take after listening to this show. So with that, we're going to lead you into our Challenge Me segment. What do you got for us? I, I would challenge your listeners to write down their best quantifiable career accomplishment. Use this as the first thing you talk about in your cover letters, your interviews, your networking sessions and meetings. That's what companies want to hear about. If you can't talk about it, you're already behind the curve. Mm. Wow. And if you're sitting there scratching your head over that challenge me, Mm. you got a lot of looking inside to do, right? You sure do. But there's something there. There's something there. I find so many people undersell their own abilities. And you just have to keep asking, keep probing. So find someone like Richard, if not Richard, find someone that can help you dig that out and have that be the point of the spear. That's what you're talking about, right? It sure is. The lead lead thing, you want to leave an impression in somebody else's mind. What a great challenge me. Well, Richard, thank you for being on this episode of Reinventure Me. I, I hope at some point in time we get a chance to go back and maybe do some of these generational comparison things. That would be that'd be a terrific episode. <laughs> Bring it on, gentlemen. Bring We'll get Armin and his compadres over here and we'll just have like a generational bake off. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all the time we have for this episode. We sure hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, would just leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can, you can find out more and get to our links directly by going to reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. Let your friends know about this episode and uh, get our show notes at reinventure.me slash 33. Of course, you can always leave us a question at our website or call our show line at 612-314-5447. Until next time, this is Larry Gates, Armin Asadi, Richard Yaden, and we're all bidding you adieu. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>